today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Next segment, something very important as we talk about our economic recovery and what's happening with the pandemic, uh, because you know it's having an influence on businesses, large and small, right across the, the country. The Ontario Chamber of Commerce uh, is now releasing its fifth annual Ontario Economic Report, providing the latest sector-specific data on the economy, business confidence, employment, government support, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, it's a very revealing report, and uh, we wanted to give you some of the details so you get a, a, an idea as to exactly what's going on here in the province from the business standpoint. And to that end, uh, we're pleased to welcome Daniel Safiani, uh, the Director of Policy at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us today. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bill. Well, it's, this is important stuff, and I know we've talked with uh, Rocco Rossi and other folks from the Chamber about the impact. You guys have been actually, uh, to your credit, very proactive about this, about uh, looking at stuff, uh, talking to your members about uh, how business is being impacted by the uh, government assistance programs. And I, I know you did a, a, an in-depth report, of course, about the she session, as, as uh, many people are calling it, the impact that the, that the, the pandemic has had on, on women in the workforce. Uh, and that's why we always look forward to these reports. This is the fifth annual Ontario Economic Report. Uh, what's, what's, what's the lay of the land here? How are we doing? Uh, well, Bill, it's interesting that you mentioned that in your introduction, because in a lot of ways, uh, all those narratives uh, come into focus uh, with the results in this report. So um, perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, business confidence has reached an all-time low amid the COVID-19 pandemic. So only 21% of businesses are confident in Ontario's economic outlook. And 48% are confident in the outlook of their own organizations. And you know, just by way of background, both of those measures have hit uh, record lows since we began tracking confidence uh, in the Ontario business community back in 2011. Um, and we also see this trickle down into HR impacts. So 47% of businesses said they let go of staff as a result of COVID-19. And 58% of organizations shrunk uh, between uh, April and September really kind of exemplifying the the impacts of the first uh, wave of COVID-19. But the real story here um, is the disproportionate impact this crisis has had on specific regions, uh, particularly smaller businesses, uh, and certain sectors and demographics have been hit hardest. And uh, you know, just to flesh that out a little bit further, you know, the, the occupations hardest hit are, are by far uh, those with considerable face-to-face contact. So mm-hmm. accommodation and food services, arts, entertainment and recreation, retail have all been uh, disproportionately impacted. And this has had social implications as well. Uh, and you mentioned uh, our uh, She Cavalry project earlier. Younger women are more likely to be employed in some of these hardest hit sectors. Uh, and we know that women aged 15 to 24 are the furthest from recovering from pre-pandemic levels of employment. And, and similarly, lower income and racialized Ontarians have uh, also experienced outsized financial pressure, uh, not to mention, of course, um, as we know from some of the public health data, higher COVID-19 case counts um, than the rest of the population. And and just the last point here is on um, small businesses. We know they've experienced more liquidity challenges, uh, higher rates of closure, uh, they're over-leveraged, um, and according to the OCC survey, only a slight majority, uh, so 60% of businesses believe entrepreneurship will will bounce back in Ontario. So that those are some um, alarming uh, numbers to look at. Um, 
But we do hope that in 2021, looking at some of these projections, um, under the assumption that the vaccination program is going to roll out and public health restrictions are going to begin to ease, uh, we're going to be seeing uh, a bounce back in some of these top line indicators, and including uh, GDP and employment. We can only hope so. And and I, I guess one of the most disheartening parts of, of the stuff that you talked about here and the numbers you're giving us, Daniel, is is that this is it's really taking the window to the sales of some people that have been very aggressive and very gung ho about their small businesses. I know you know a year ago when the shutdown started in March of last year, anyway, uh, a lot of the businesses we talked to would say, you know, yeah, this is going to be tough, but you know what, we're going to stick this out. We're going to get. Uh, I'm not suggesting they've all lost hope, but a lot of them are thinking, guys, is this ever going to end? Uh, and they've, you know, they, they, I'm not going to lay people off. And eventually, you know, they, hey, we have no choice now. And it's one thing to say, okay, like, you know, the airlines are doing it. You expect that. And we feel badly for anybody that loses their job. But uh, you're right. The, the, the victims here that I think are really going to be problematic to our recovery uh, are, are small businesses. I mean, I've talked to a number of people that live in smaller towns, and they say their main streets are, are like ghost towns. I mean, the, some of them are boarded up. Some of them are locked up because they're not allowed to open. Uh, and you've seen some of the stats. I think it was actually one of your reports, Daniel, that said like one in five of those closed-up businesses may never open again. I mean, that's that's pretty depressing. There's no doubt, Bill, that small businesses are the backbone of our economy, and our report notes that they're also the least confident in the province's economy, and they continue to face you know unprecedented liquidity constraints, increased costs, uh, reduced revenues. Uh, many, as we just noted, have had to shut their doors indefinitely. And you know, one thing to note, um, which which uh, is important for your listeners to be aware of, is that this data was collected prior to the recently announced uh, small business uh, support uh, program that the provincial government just yeah. recently launched. And so um, that, we hope, will provide some of the desperately needed liquidity and capital to uh, uh, for smaller businesses to survive. But the one point we try to make in the report is that, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, there was a, a rush of organizations that came forward with uh, solutions for recovery. And these are the policies and programs that are needed um, for us to pull out from this. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of those recommendations were actually made in absence of the data uh, to actually color our understanding of who's been hardest hit, what mm-hmm. sectors. Um, what regions, uh, what demographics actually need those targeted supports. And so one thing that we urge uh, both the public um, and decision makers um, is to continue to examine the data and make sure we take stock of, um, you know, the, the folks who have actually been disproportionately impacted. And that should nece- necessarily dictate any recovery programs um, and principles that uh, the government moves ahead with. Yeah, and we saw that happen with some of the rollouts of the programs last year. And you're right, it was kind of like an umbrella thing. You're just everybody can apply for this. Uh, and and you, some people are going to be more adversely affected than others. And we've seen that. And you've identified some of the sectors that are being impacted by this. And, uh, and I'd like to think, Daniel, that some of these programs, uh, 
that the government's pulled out uh, have been effective, but at the same time, you know, they had to be tweaked from time to time. You know, it was, I guess, somebody around a boardroom in one of these cabinet offices decided, you know, it's a great idea. They can defer their property taxes if you're a small business. Well, that's nice. Okay, that may help you this month, but you got to pay that back at some point, which is only adding to the debt of the small business. And the longer that this shutdown goes on, the more problematic that's going to be. So I'm glad you brought up the newest program that the, the provincial government's put out here because that's it's it's not a payback. It's 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 a grant. It's it's not something that you have to give back. They seem to be getting it now, and I guess I, that's probably because of the feedback they've received from well people like you, the Ontario Chamber, that are saying, "Hey, we're listening to our members here." What? You know, best of intentions, guys, but it's not working. As a matter of fact, it could be hurting. And it sounds like they're at least they're listening to you now. Well, we certainly hope so. And and I think you've you've noted on a very uh, a, a very timely point, which is um, you know, mounting debt is not going to be the solution for these small businesses that already find themselves um, over leveraged. And we know, you know, on the federal government side, the, the new highly affected sectors credit availability program or HASCAP, I believe, as, as its uh, abbreviated form. Um, it, it does provide some of that desperately needed capital uh, for highly affected sectors, um, but it, it does do it in a loan program. And so like on, on that front, we do urge more forgivable loan options so that um, those liquidity constraints can be addressed without having to, to over leverage um, businesses that are already in a difficult situation. And very quickly on, on this point on um, on the programs, we did ask businesses in our survey, you know, how helpful have all these uh, government programs been? And we did, we did ask them to, to kind of uh, to rank them. And we found that the Canadian emergency wage subsidy uh, was uh, one of the most helpful programs, followed by the Canada emergency business account emergency uh, or electricity rate relief, and then the uh, Canada emergency response benefit. So this uh, kind of gives you uh, some of the, 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 the most pressing programs that businesses found useful. But again, this was before the government's uh, small business support program was rolled out. What, what What's the attitude of, of your, your members at this stage right now? As I say, it's, it's it's tough times. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that uh, the, 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 this current lockdown that we're under right now is going to end sometime in the next couple of weeks. I know it's, it's supposed to end early February, but now there's some speculation as to whether or not that's going to happen. But opening the doors and, and letting people back into the shops has got to be, that's got to be right at the top of the list. I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to survive with locked doors that much longer. And I guess one of the things, I'm just getting off on one of my talking points that I've had, but I know you guys already understand this, Daniel. Uh, I, I still think a lot of the stuff in the lockdown was wrong headed uh, because small businesses i thought were doing more than anybody else uh to abide by the rules of the pandemic you know a number of people in the shops uh, you know ppe and thing of this nature so I, I i think they got grouped in here and i don't know if that's necessarily fair matter of fact i know it's not so the sooner we can get those doors open uh it's not necessarily going to be uh you know in full recovery mode at that stage but at least it gives them a fighting chance to get back on their feet yeah, so so look, absolutely, getting doors open is a priority, but we do need to do it safely. And part yeah. of the issue that you're you're um, uh, you're touching on here is is the notion that uh, because our contact uh, tracing and testing regime has not been able to keep up, uh, we actually don't know where uh, almost the majority of cases are coming from. And you know, if you're a public health official trying to decide uh, what what closures to make, uh, it's difficult to do that when you mm-hmm. don't know where uh, a good portion of the cases are coming from. Um, but we do know that the priorities of our membership 
uh, in terms of recovery and stimulus for the provincial government has necessarily been, you know, we ask this question, is that the first thing they say is uh, help businesses acquire credit uh, and capital, uh, which makes sense, of course, given their financial position. Uh, but also other things such as uh, encouraging Ontarians to buy local and investing in broadband infrastructure. And that last point, uh, Bill, might be something just worth elaborating on uh, for a moment, because uh, one thing this pandemic has done is it's... Uh, exacerbated problems that existed prior to the pandemic and yeah. uh, the digital divide and many communities in Ontario not having um, strong access to broadband is uh, was an issue before the pandemic and it's it's been underscored uh, by the fact that uh, now those businesses um, have not been able to successfully pivot online as others in regions with broadband have and that's part of the reason there has been more regional disparities in the numbers and um, i know you're you're in hamilton and you broadcast uh, to london and uh, you know interestingly enough the the picture in these two uh jurisdictions is quite different um in in london for instance we have um numbers on all these metrics you know confidence job losses uh employment projections for next year um tracking slightly above uh, a provincial average, whereas in the Hamilton-Niagara Peninsula, um, which is the the region that we, that StatsCans defines for um, for Hamilton as well, mm-hmm. um, we actually see confidence was the lowest in the Hamilton-Niagara region. So, twelve percent of of businesses are confident in Ontario's economic outlook um, versus twenty one percent at the provincial level, and. Um, a similar pattern is uh, is witnessed with uh, confidence in their own organizational outlook. So, uh, you know, 47% of businesses in Ontario are confident in their own organizational outlook, but in the Hamilton-Niagara region, that number drops to 38%. And, you know, part of the reason um, for this is industry composition and, and geographic location, because this is a region, uh, of course, that relies on more across-border uh, business and uh, a lot of flow of labor back and forth, uh, which has been stifled, uh, as well as tourism, which has uh, come to a halt in terms of cross-border tourism. And so uh, we are seeing uh, disproportionate impacts in certain regions that have um, sectors that have been uh, hit hardest by the pandemic. Well, it uh, should be required reading for everybody in government, federal and provincial, to uh, get an idea and I think a snapshot as to how this is impacting. And, and as you mentioned, Daniel, I mean, you know, the, there are some government programs that have been rolled out even after you guys did your, your data accumulation here. So uh, here's hoping that uh, that they have turned the corner. It's going to be a while, but uh, we need to understand just exactly who's being impacted and how they're being impacted. And that's why we always look forward to these reports and, uh, and your analysis of them. Thanks so much for this today and uh, stay well. Thanks for having me on, Bill. I appreciate it. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Daniel Sefiani, who is the Director of Policy at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. By the way, you can go onto their website, the Ontario Chamber webpage, and uh, get all the details about this report. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.